Hello, and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shade Media Network podcast where we discover and rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? Horribly busy with work, which is why, even though you will not know this, dear listeners, but we haven't recorded in like three weeks or more. We tried. We've tried. We We did. We have. This is what happens when you work at a college. It doesn't matter what your job is. By the end of the semester, everything just goes nuts. (laughs) We're almost done. Hooray. And very excited to talk about, well... One of these episodes, although it might be different, a different episode than uh, Ben and Peter are excited about. We will see. <laughs> mm, interesting. And we also have Peter Dancy, who's also in an orange shirt. I'm the only one not in an orange shirt, and I feel yeah. Like oh my gosh, I don't know why. I don't know how I didn't notice that before. Me neither. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. What an odd no, but, color uh, to coordinate. No, but I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes. doing, I'm doing. Yeah, we really are. No, I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing all right. Um, as, as as the listener will already know if they, if if they listen to if they listen to um our movie our movie game podcast episode um a, a, a couple a couple of weeks ago i am on some level emotionally distraught because i saw the new avengers infinity war yesterday and i can't handle it mm. Mm. i'm so for so yeah, many it's, reasons it's... i'm i'm very happy but i'm also very not okay mm. <laughs> you're not okay yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of movie. That's all I'll say. It's a lot yeah. of movie. It's th- this is th- this is yeah. not your typical Marvel and, uh, movie, and I love it for that reason. And I had my own Avengers: Infinity War when I learned my computer is dead and all my data is gone. So sympathy, uh, sympathy, yeah. give me oh, give man. me all of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. This week we are discussing season seven, episode three, and episode four, which are After Image and Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. So first up is After Image. You know, I thought moving to a new school was tough, but I think Esri learns this week that reintegrating to the place where your former host body worked really takes the cake. Esri wanders the station, lost, not getting anything out of Morn, freaking Kira out, and getting some major side-eye from Worf. Esri decides to tell Sisko that she thinks it's better off if she returns to her old position as pre-Daxified Esri on the USS Destiny. Meanwhile, Garrick is overworked and not paid at all because socialism, and this results in him having a full-blown panic attack, the kind he usually gets when he's claustrophobic, but now even open spaces are getting him going. Garrick decides to contact the only counselor on the station, seriously, who happens to be Esri. She confines in Garrick that since joining, she's been experiencing space sickness, likely brought on by her former host Tarius dying in a shuttle accident, to which Garrick one-ups her by telling her, Hey, my dad used to shove me in a closet when I was being punished. Think that fucked me up? Yeah. Yeah, a bit. Ezri runs into Worf again, but this time confronts him that she was his wife, but Worf denies this, saying Jadzia is dead, and he does not know this new person that she is. Ezri meets with Julian, but quickly realizes he's just mad thirsty, so tells him to back off. But Worf sees them together and gets all Season 5 Worfy about it. Meanwhile, Garrick decides he needs a little air by, you know, opening an airlock to get out into the widest open thing in the universe, the cold vacuum of space. Thankfully, he can't succeed and is taken back to medical. 
Ezra and he go to the Hollow Suite, but Garrick knows it's an illusion and still feels confined. He relents that if he has to leave the station, he'll have nowhere to go safely. In medical, Worf ejects Julian to stay away from Ezri and not dishonor Jedzia's memory, and the whole thing is pretty intense. Ezri tries to confront Garrick again, but he insults and belittles her, causing her to run away in tears. Ezri tries to resign to Sisko, but he insults her as well, telling her she should just become a symbiote guardian, wasting her life despite the previous eight living extraordinary lives. Worf confides in O'Brien that he can't figure out how to honor Jadzia, but still recognize that Ezri is a form of her, to which O'Brien confides he has to speak to Ezri herself. Ezri goes to apologize to Garrick, but congratulates him on the news that his decoding efforts mean another victory against the Cardassians. This causes Garrick to go into another a panic attack, and Ezri realizes Garrick's work is causing him great suffering for the deaths he is causing for his own people. Garrick thanks her for her breakthrough, and she decides to stay in Starfleet. Worf confronts Ezri and relents that he is sad by the loss of Jadzia, and while he is happy some form of her is alive, it will take some time to recognize this change. Ezri agrees and lets Worf have his space and his time. Ezri is promoted to lieutenant and in charge of all the mental health on the station. You know, the one at the most important strategic place in the Galactic War. Have fun! What'd you guys think of After Image? I didn't really like it. Yeah, it was. And it was. I was kind of on the fence about it until Esri had her conversation with Julian, which you you mentioned briefly earlier in the <sighs> summary. And yeah, literally, why I hate this scene so much. Literally, my only note for this entire episode was a quote that Esri says, or Esri Dax specifically says to Julian, if Worf hadn't come along, it would have been you. What is the point of that line? That does not help. That rewards yeah. Julian for his... Thirst. You know, thirsty fuckboy status of season one. <laughs> and yes. I just... It's, it is such a regression. It really is. Like I was, I was having trouble, you know, really liking Ezri Dax as a character because I was so attached to Jadzia. This is not helping. Yeah, it's like, a terrible decision from the writer's point of view. It's a terrible retconny decision. I hated it so much because, so like you said, it justifies much. his entire behavior in season two. And I think is just there to probably set up that they're going to bone at some point. And it's just, ugh, I don't like it at all. Which I'm, which all. if just, they do, I might, which if they do, I might, I might dislike slash hate more than Worf and Jadzia. Cause that's just wrong. Yeah. Jadzia and Worf got better. It was that's like they right. were trying to go they for did. something, but failing. Uh, this is just gross. <laughs> it's just rewarding yeah. just shitty nasty. behavior. It's like. It's 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 like the guy who's always after your girlfriend, and then when you break up, they hook up, and you're just like, ah, anyone right? but him. You rewarded that mm-hmm. terrible person, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I understand, but like, oh, you know. And it's just it's it's so frustrating. I agree. That yeah, such a terrible, terrible I mean, line. Yeah, I mean, I mean for I mean for me in like a in like a mediocre going more towards bad episode. One of like the few redeem like truly redeeming qualities of this episode, for me at least, was that was was that they at least took the time for Ezri and Worf's relationship, if we can call it that, what what whatever 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 you want to call it, because at, at least at the end of the episode, 
we got them in we got them in a room to say and we're worth saying i'm happy that dax is living on but you are not my wife just give me my space give me time to mourn just yeah. by myself without you and it's like thank you that makes sense that is something that actually had to happen not the whole it would have been you if it wasn't for war war coming up that's stupid that's like that that, that that's it's only gonna that, make that, him more flirty and thirsty and awful right it's suddenly gonna make him like like it's it, not gonna help him like deal like it, it, it's it's all it's almost as bad it's almost as bad as if jadzia had said that herself if she had been alive to to to, to Julian's face, because then because that's just shitty to that's just a shitty thing for everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's it's. Then it, Worf in, in general was very odd in this episode, but at least he was struggling with something. You know, at least he had a good reason to be in this weird position, and he had, yeah right. You know, it's saved by his conversation with O'Brien, where he has this. He is troubled, like that he. Wants to leave her alone, but he also can't deny seeing someone flirting with her, who he knew wanted to fuck her as her former self, quite frankly. Uh, troubles him, you know, and he's dealing with all these issues, and he does confront her at the end. And again, like, I think that's the core idea, and if it was just about that, it would be better. But it's also about Ezri dealing with her own problems, and we got to throw Garrick in there, and his whole claustrophobia mm-hmm. thing, where he... And it's like, I kind of always don't like when... Or dealing with mental health to help someone else, you know what I mean? It's like I solved your mental health problems, and so I learned a valuable lesson that never. Yeah, and it quite seemed rings true like way me. too easy. Like normally, right? She just like Garrick she just is like pointed deeper. out. You feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. She's just like, oh, you feel bad, and he's like, ah, you got me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, 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 like on the on the surface, it it on the surface, it it makes. At least some sense that the the that Garrick would have, that the the that Garrick would have maybe not like a mental health issue, but he but but he but he would have at least some kind of hang up like like some kind of some kind of hang up moral morally as a Cardassian, helping the Federation take out Cardassians or 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 at least fight them. So it makes sense on the surface for him like for him to have like some kind of moral moral hang up. I just I at least don't see how that plays into mental health and and that and that but but i also but i also fully realize that that could just be because that's just an area of mental health that i don't understand i will say i do remember Mm. from several seasons ago when they were in the um oh was it the jemhadar prison camp and garrick went back there to try to you know science some stuff into sending a signal to deep space nine right um, they did show him suffering from claustrophobia, so I no, thought yeah. this was a nice callback to that episode. It's yeah. Like, oh yeah. No, no, he yeah. hasn't gotten over that. No, Good job. No, yeah. I, I, I did, I did, I did appreciate that. I did appreciate that throwback. I did, I guess, I guess, I just kind of missed the connection of, of how, of how does helping out the Federation fight the Cardassians factor into your claustrophobia, which, which, which we are all, which we are already aware of. I guess I just didn't see that connect. Well, it's just a, another manifestation of stress that triggers the claustrophobic ah. reaction. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes sense. I, I didn't. Yeah, I think that's think the case. That. We're like, yeah, he's having panic attacks because it's like there's so much stress, and it's and his panic attacks are a form of claustrophobic reaction. Yeah, so it all mm-hmm. just kind of cascades into a whole bevy of bad stuff. Okay, so that, I thought that, that was all that makes sense. sense. I just agree that it was just sort of like we fixed it instead of like we're starting to fix it, which is what 
Yeah. I think this right. is more of the way we view therapy now, which is you don't just fix it. You work on it. It's yeah. all a process, you know? Mm-hmm. So you don't mm-hmm. just be like, ah, you found the problem. Yeah, it's my parents, and then it's all better now. Another another symptom of '90s television, where instead of actually, where instead, where for some a lot of things, instead of actually exploring it, they're just like, "We found the solution, done." Mm, taking '90s television, I have a lot to say about uh, our next series of episodes. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh boy! Uh, so yeah, it's it's an odd episode, and not. I appreciate that they are trying to like. It's tough because I do appreciate that they are trying to reckon with Gen Z being gone. And it's a very different kind of episode. On paper, it's an episode I would like more, which is there is no big sci-fi big problem. I mean, there's right. a problem in that, like, Garrick has to deal with stuff. But, like, even that is more personal. It's all right. very personal issues. And it's almost more like a chamber piece or a soap opera episode. It's all just people dealing with feelings and weirdness and uh you know relationships and like it's it's like an episode of the oc or something it's like um but feelings uh, it's all feelings based and so usually it's an episode i like uh, one of my favorite tng episodes which i think is one of the cleverest episode is uh the episode after uh picard gets all deborged there's just a whole episode dealing with his ptsd when he goes back to his farm in france yeah and yeah dealing yeah. with his like past and he's dealing with his brother and he's dealing with all of his feelings and it's a great episode and i guess it's just a case of this is an episode i would like and i do generally like on paper it just doesn't all come together because it's trying to do too many things and it does some things very stupidly uh, i think the wharf esri stuff is the best and the most important but it's it's all just kind of a mess of an episode for me yeah there's a thing called editing they should have did that for this episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is an episode that I actually could have done with maybe like a dumb B plot, like maybe just be about Ezri and Worf and and her issues, and then just had like a I don't know Nog doing something silly episode. Because uh, yeah, 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 it just it felt very long and not much happened and not all that conclusive other than the Worf Ezri stuff, which I, I did like. So mm-hmm. oh, well, I think that's probably it for this episode, huh? I don't think it's much else to say. No, nah. but I have a lot to say about the next one. I think someone else does too. Yeah. <laughs> For different reasons. All right, no. let's talk about it. Take me out to the Hollow Suite, Season 7, Episode 4. Hey, there may be a galactic war on, but it doesn't mean we don't have time for some baseball shenanigans, right? Cisco is met on the station by a Vulcan named Solak, who is a real piece of work, insulting and undermining everything Cisco is about. If that wasn't enough, Solak challenges Cisco on his favorite game of all, baseball. His people versus the DS9 crew in two weeks. At first, the crew are skeptical, as only Cisco knows a lot about this ancient game, but they begin getting really excited about all the strange rules and terminology. Odo is even hired as the umpire, because of course he is. Dubbed the Niners, the team is assembled and they begin practice. The going is rough, with a few solid standouts, but a whole lot of bad players. The worst of all is Rom, who can't hit to save his life and failing at most turns. The team gets pretty seriously injured in practice, especially O'Brien, who sustains a season-ending injury, losing Cisco, his best player. In desperate need of a miracle, Benjamin gets the only other baseball fan he knows to the station, the lovely Cassidy Yates, who pulls some strings to get her on board. The team begins to gel, but Rom is still extremely bad, so Cisco kicks him off the team, much to the shock of everyone. 
Well, Ram is saying that he can't play. The group stands up for him, saying they will quit because it's just supposed to be a friendly game that Cisco is starting to take way too seriously. But Ram says it's for the best if he doesn't play, and he will just watch instead. Cassidy confronts Cisco about him taking this all so seriously, and he confides in her that in the Academy he ran into Solak at a bar where he was disparaging humans as an inferior race. He challenged Solak to a wrestling match, which he expected to lose, but afterwards, Solak never let it go, always rubbing it in his face that he was so much better. Sisko wants to finally shut him up, and he knows losing at his favorite game would be the ultimate humiliation. He tells Cassidy not to tell anyone else, but she doesn't hold up her end of the deal and tells the team, who are now more motivated than ever, to win for the captain. The big day arrives when the Niners face the logicians. <clears throat> at number 78, your pitcher, Jake Sisko! At number 25, Nog, your catcher! At your first baseman, number 32, Worf! Your second baseman, number 15, Benjamin Sisko! At number 47, your third baseman, Cassidy Yates! Your shortstop, number 9, Kira Norris! Your left fielder, number 55, Lita! And your center fielder, number 43, Ezri Dax! <clears throat> the start isn't so hot. With the first pitch, the Logicians score a home run and succeed in three more runs in the first inning. By inning four, the score is a dire 7-0 Logicians. In the fifth inning, things seem to be slightly improving, with Kira on second with two outs. Worf comes up to bat, but is called a strikeout. Sisko storms the field and yells at Odo that it was a ball, not a strike, but he breaks the golden rule and touches Odo, getting him thrown out of the game. After some funny out shenanigans in the ninth inning, it's the bottom of the ninth and the only chance for the Niners to even get a score on the board with a score a dire 10-0. With Nog on third, Ben looks over at Rom and feels bad for the way he treated him. He tells the acting coach O'Brien to put Rom in as a pitch hitter, and he does. Ben even calls out a whole crowd to cheer on Rom. The team tells Rom to bunt, who does so accidentally. That's good enough to get Nog over the plate and score them their only run. In a classic Bad News Bears celebration, the team is overjoyed at their one run and celebrate like they've won. This infuriates Solak as much as a Vulcan can be, and he tells Odo to get them under control, but in doing so, touches Odo, which gets him thrown out as well. At the after party, the losing but victorious in Spirit Niners celebrate. Solak confronts them, but they all accuse him of having <gasps> human emotions, to which he storms out. The team in celebration all sign a baseball and give it to Cisco, who is touched by their gesture. What do we think of Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite? Oh, it was terrible, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you thought it was trash. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I fully recognize that it. it's trash, but it's, it's just adorable. And I watched it with my girlfriend who loves baseball, and now she's trying to teach our friends three-month-old daughter to say death to the opposition. It's wonderful. That was no, a great moment. No, yeah, for, for, for me... Saying, uh, death to the opposition. Was okay, like, no, that was my favorite line. Everyone else is like, hey, better, better, better. And, he's, and he just... Death to the opposition! Just, like, just stands up straight with, like, full seriousness. I'm just like, wow. I want you on my team. No, um... So, Peter, you, uh... You didn't seem to like this one. Yeah, no. Look, looking looking back on it, though... I Looking back on it, though, like, yes, I... From the get-go, was like, this episode is just bad. But I do think I was too harsh on it. From, 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 my, from my initial viewing, I will fully stand by the fact that I was totally wrong and just being like this is shit i don't like it don't ever show it to me again it's a fun episode as bad <laughs> it's a fun episode as bad as bad as it is but it's just like I, I i guess i guess just i guess just been watching it because we're now like 
so deep in so deep in the dominion war i really was just like why is this happening why is this needed at least at this at least yeah, at this that's... point in time it wasn't they they clearly just are like well right. we have all of these episodes of plot but we don't have enough episodes for the whole season right. so and, and, baseball and then and then when and then when i and then when i was talking when i was talking to my friend when i was talking to my friend he 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 also brought he also brought up to the also brought up the point that 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 you know when that when you when you get a, when you're shooting a show and you get and you get your budget for the season you only have so much money you can spend so this so this so this could have been a script that was like kind of that was kind of like that's kind of like put aside for, put aside for a time where it's when it's like okay we need to be able to save money so we can like so we, so we can like put more stuff towards sets and toward and towards like all the space battles that could be happening. Um, where, space battles. Spa- yeah, space. Yeah, space battles. Where, where, where for the, where for this episode, all we need is all we need is just the actors, a baseball field, and like and like an afternoon of a, an afternoon of a bleachers full of extras, and that's about it. So and like, baseball I mean, uniforms. That's, that's that's the funniest part about this episode to me is that uh, yeah. uh, the funniest part about this episode is that like it's a hollow suite. You could be in the 1934 Yankees World Series. You could be at Dodger Stadium. You could be at, you know, Minute Maid Park if you wanted. Exactly that. Exactly that. Oh, my gosh. Katie recognized the ball cap that uh, Ben Sisko was wearing. Of course she did. (laughs) Of course she did. Oh, is that this team? Like, I don't know. Sure. We'll say yes. But, of course, it's like at a terrible rec league Los Angeles park. Like it's like so oh, clearly yeah. like a, a place that they rented for $10 a day. Like, cause you know, this is a filler episode. We can't afford fucking Fenway park. Are you insane? You know, but like, well, they might've just been like, suite. Oh yeah, we love star Trek. Come could just come yeah. do that for free. They, they found the right, right person. Exactly. Like, they found the right person who would be like, you can film any day you want. Just, just, just tell me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Can I'm I sure have the baseball that everyone fans. signs? Like that's it. That's it. Yeah, and I'm sure they said on the thing like we're filming Deep Space Nine here, so come be like cheer on the crowd or whatever. But they didn't even like, have mm. extras for most of it. Like, and they were like, we're just gonna play it separately. And then like production band, I'm like, you couldn't afford 400 extras for the whole day. I get it. I totally get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you keep extras more than four hours, you have to pay all of them SAG minimum. So. <laughs> not doing that. So mm-hmm. that ain't yeah. happening. Um, so it's it's just one of those funny things where you're like, it's a it's a ratty baseball field with no one in it. So it's very funny to me because it's like it's the hollow suite. Why? Anyways, um, I agree with Peter. The problem is, it's I think the big problem with this episode is just where it is. You know, it's season seven. You know, we we had our big emotional thing. We just had three episodes dealing with. Uh, the prophets and dealing with Ezri coming back and we dealing with war and everything and then we <laughs> baseball yeah, yeah. fun like nothing to but do with Star anything. Trek is Star Trek placed... not famous for poorly placed trash episodes? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Very true. Poorly placed trash. Can't deny episodes. that it's true. <laughs> that is such a great way of putting it. Yeah, I'm really curious what episode is that right after like the inner light or something. Um, uh, is that ghost sex episode because that is that the is what? Oh lord! Oh yeah, <laughs> but the uh, Beverly. Beverly fucks a ghost. She fucks yeah. A ghost. 
Hold on. I'm going <laughs> to clarify what episode is after Inner Light. You got me curious now. Like, what's, the, yeah. what's after Tomorrow's Enterprise? What's after, like, a very famous, great episode? Right, Time's Arrow is after the Inner Light. I don't remember. I guess. I think I've seen Time's Arrow. I don't know if I remember what happened. All right. Well, the short summary is Captain Picard and his archaeological curiosity are called upon by scientists from Earth when they find evidence to support beliefs that aliens has visit, had visited Earth in the late 1800s. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's you know. with Mark Twain and Guinan um, in San the Mark Francisco. Twain. Yep. Yeah, sea right. trash. trash episode. That's trash. a trash yeah. episode. Yeah. Trash and that episode. was the last episode in a season. Of a great season of season five. Yeah. Oh, that's that's my favorite season in all of Star Trek. You've got Darmok, you've got Ensign Row, you've got uh, the Inner Light, um, Outcast. All of my favorite. Ep- I'm sorry. I think Tomorrow's Enterprise is in that season two. Oh, I don't see that one. But all of my favorite episodes are in season five, but there is also trash. It just happens. <laughs> There's always trash. Yesterday's Enterprise. That's, that's what it's called. Uh, season three. Never mind. Um, oh, okay. No, I mean, that's the golden beauty of Star Trek is that mm-hmm. you can have, uh, yeah, you can have. Uh, a masterful episode and then just just why <laughs> just what was that <laughs> what even was that and this is definitely in the grand tradition of, of a what was that episode right um, yes I guess the beauty is it's not like a, a, it's not infuriating like a, a he with who's without sin you know it doesn't ruin a character for you it's just uh, it's just it's just silly it's just a lot of silliness. Very silly, and like, and 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 of and like, like like when like when when sis when sis, blah, 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 I cannot talk ever. I can never talk. Um, like when 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 Cisco tells Cassidy, who's like he's like, don't tell the team. She's like, oh no, yeah, sure, yeah, 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 sure, sure. So guys, guess what? I was like, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> like like not not even two like not even five seconds later. So don't tell him that I told you because I'm really going out on a limb here. But and like there's some fun stuff. Like we can all agree that Odo as the umpire is like the best. He is the best. Oh, he's Perfect. pretty. Yeah, that's good. Like, and he is just <laughs> this the best umpire voice. He does straight. <laughs> at first i was concerned that he wouldn't be able to be impartial because you know his girlfriend is who he's been in love with for six years is on one of the teams no yeah no yeah soto man like no no, yeah that's true no i was i was proven wrong no yeah like that 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 part that that aspect of it actually reminded me of an of an, of an episode of um of the of the Andy Griffith show or the Andy Griffith show where 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 Andy Griffith is is asked is asked to be the umpire for like for like for like a like a championship baseball game that 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 and his, and his son, his son is on the team for his town and on the team for his town and 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 and, and, and the, the whole the whole town the whole town is like yes he's the umpire because he's a great guy we trust him he's awesome. And so and so and so then so then the game comes along and it's like and it's like and it's like the last it's like the last inning like the like the like it's like the last inning, it's it's it, it's it's hit it's his own son up to bat hits hits the hits the ball like like way like way 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 into the way into the outfield it's like it's like like running running all on the bases, ball ball is thrown back to the cat thrown, thrown back to the catcher 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 tags his son 
Andy Griffith called him out and his town for his town for a couple of days is pissed off because they were like, you were supposed to help. But then, but then, but then, but then, but then all of them, all of them realized, well, we asked him to do this. He, 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 he made, he made, he, he was as impartial. He was as impartial as he could be. Like, it's fine. It's chill. But then, but then at the same time, plot twist. But then at the same time, plot twist. Um, I got, I, I forget all the characters' name of the of the show now. The, the the old the older the older woman who who was who was always helping him out with his son. She she was like taking she was like taking pictures of taking pictures of the game, and and it, and it, and it turns and it turns out she got like that photo finished. Plot twist. He was safe, but they're just like we're just not going to show this picture to anybody. Like her 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 her, her and her friend. But like but, but like just like just oh, just Odo being the umpire and it's like can he be impartial even though Kira's on the team? It's like that reminded me of that episode. That's that mm-hmm. that okay. I okay, I know that I say a lot of the time that I am like I, I do references to like TV shows, movies, music a lot. That is like one of the farthest back reaching references I've no, made to say, in a long I, time. Yeah, I just want to say you you beat me. I've never seen the Andy Griffith show. You totally beat me on reference there. That's incredible. That's great. I'm impressed. Yeah, I have, I have never. To I, be a I, millennial is watching Andy Griffith show. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have not made a reference to like a show that old in a long time. <laughs> I. uh I have an interesting bit of a uh, fun trivia for you guys. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, so my apologies. Uh, Max okay. Rudenschief, who plays Rom, mm-hmm. uh, is in fact the best baseball player on the actual cast. Rudenschief really? was a semi-professional in high school and considered going full professional before deciding to become an actor. In fact, he was incapable of playing as badly as he was supposed to, so they changed him to playing left-handed because the only way he could look like he wasn't skilled at playing baseball. That's awesome. That's amazing. And by far, apparently the worst was not a visitor. <laughs> she was apparently the worst. Ah. <laughs> and well, apparently, speaking Avery of quite speaking good of well. people being being good or bad at baseball, shouldn't Julian have been great at it? Oh my god, you're right. Ooh, that's a good point. With you're like right. The, with you know enhanced hand eye coordination and physical strength and agility, he, he should have been. I mean, he should have been able to pick true. up on that real quick. They even mention, at, you know, when when they're they're out on the field for the first time, it's like so. You know, the Vulcans have the upper hand, except for Worf and our genetically enhanced friend Julian, and then he's just as bad as everyone else. I don't understand. That's a great point. That's a great point. Maybe he heard them and tried to like um, downplay it the entire time, but I don't know why he would. Yeah. Can Confusion. we talk about my favorite joke in the episode, which I just I want to exist, which is uh, uh, Julian's talking to O'Brien. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, chewing yes. gum. It's like what all the people do. And he's like, oh, what is it? He's like, oh, it's like flavored rubber. What flavor did you make it? Scotch. Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Best. Scotch flavored gum. Make it. I want it. Yes. Same. That I am ninety nine percent sure that somewhere in Scotland you can buy that. Oh, I want to try it. I'm sure no, it that terrible, must exist. It. Oh, I forgot the other Great Wharf line, which is that there's this really funny little bit where uh, 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 one of the logicians runs to home base, but he doesn't actually touch the base and get safe. So they're yelling at uh, at Nog, go catch him out, go catch him out. To which Worf goes, find him and kill him. Find him and kill him. 
Basically, basic, so yeah, extra and, uh, baseball is pretty great. Basically, Katie we just want to watch Worf went... play sports. That's all we want. Yes. 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 <laughs> Katie and I went to a Texas Rangers baseball game about a week after we watched this episode together. And uh, so, of course, she posts on Facebook, you know, let's go Rangers. And then she posts a, a GIF of Worf saying death to the opposition. And then one of our friends, who I'm going to have to talk to him about this next time I see him, but he posts, you know, the GIF of O'Brien saying he didn't touch home nog. And then <laughs> immediately after that post, find him and kill him. <laughs> I, 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 I was so happy. He's like, this is the correct sequence of GIFs. I'm so excited. I, I think We're I I, a lot of secrets. And I was actually also ashamed that y'all didn't get to it first. I I, I actually I'm, I'm, think I saw that after the fact, and I was just like, "This is perfect." Yes. Uh, yeah, we're we're finding a lot of secret Deep Space Nine fans amongst our Facebook group as we post these things. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Same. No, I keep telling them that I have a podcast and they need to listen to it. No, they no. just always seem to forget because I tell them at the bar and we drink. So no 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 same um like a, a friend a friend a friend of mine that I, that I that I made like two I made like two like two three months ago he uh, he he and, he and his he and his boyfriend are, are Star Trek fans and so when I and so and so, and I I I just met them at my friend Steve's game night and so and so and so when Steve was like Peter come here and tell them about your about your Star Trek podcast and they were like what and so I told yeah. and, and so I told them now and like I, I told them now and so and so uh, and so to, to both to both to both of you uh, if if you ever see me, if you ever see me post it on Facebook if if you if you see if if you see a guy named Christopher like it, that's one of them. And, he, and so and so every time I post, he, he, he's 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 the one I think he posted. He posted the gif. It's a fake. When we when we got to in the pale, yes. when we got to in the pale moonlight, I was just like, thank you, Chris. I've been waiting for you he to. <laughs> that was him. Yeah. He posted the funniest the funniest image of a gold Ducat when we posted our finale, which is totally yes. the thing. But he's got like this super X T like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, that, that's it. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Uh, that, that got me good. <laughs> well, is there anything else you guys want to say for uh, this this fun trash episode? I just want to reiterate: now that we're talking about it, I really did touch this episode too harshly. I'm so sorry, guys. No, it's, it's okay. Fine. Just I think you have. I like, think. I think so, this is an episode I think a lot of people hate, and I understand. But it, it's just like too much nonsense and fun for me. And I get that it's season seven and serious Dominion War. But like it's always been part of Star Trek. Like it's always been part of Star Trek to have nonsense. Yeah, and true. Stuff that makes no and, sense that can be lifted right out of it. Yeah, I just really enjoy it entirely out of context of what's going on in the rest of the season. Yeah. Like just as a standalone episode, it's so much fun. It's oh oh um it's oh god damn it what's the song? It's a song on the White Album that's really dumb. There's <laughs> like one song on the White Album that's really stupid. And I love it, and everybody hates it because it's like such a weird, like, uh, song. And I and like I think it's just because it's on the White Album. You know what I mean? It's like one of yeah. the greatest albums of all time. And then there's just this weird ass song, and everyone's like, "Why?" Uh, what's this one? I guess all these are pretty good. They're all weird songs, I guess, on this one. I'll have to think about what I'm thinking of. But anyways, um. Yeah, it's uh, that's the case. It's it's like a great album with a weird song that I still like out of context, but maybe shouldn't be in the album because it's kind of breaks up the flow. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know. 
All right. Well, that has been our episode. Next week, we'll be discussing Season 7, Episode 5, and Episode 6, which are Chrysalis and Treachery, Faith, and the Great River, which I think is my favorite prog rock album. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at cptn underscore meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at tuscanshed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, it, rate, and review it any way you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.